When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In today's episode of the Canon Podcast, join us as we discuss Arsenal's new potential midfield signings, break down the next evolution for Mikel Arteta, find out the latest on Aaron Ramsdale, and discuss a potential new role for Gabriel Martinelli. Yes, guys, welcome back to the Canon Podcast. Um, your boy is here. I think I'm surviving. <laughs> I don't know. Do I look ill? Do all, I look tired? Maybe I don't get enough sleep, All the lads. comments were essentially, is Babs dead? <laughs> <laughs> lads, sure it is, right? I'm just, I'm not a morning person. And we filmed this earlier in the day, especially in the UK. And I know for George it's a different time, but yeah, I'm a bit of a night owl. So this is not my territory. What, what I loved as well. Um, so do excuse when we, me. When we came on the stream last week, George went, oh yeah, I'm sick as well. There's something going around. You're in Canada. <laughs> How can it go around? You're in Canada, bro. <laughs> you know, across the pond, you know, they just let a little yeah, bit yeah. of a carrier pigeon. They're carrying whatever animal flu vaccine that we're going to have to get him next. So that's going to that's gonna happen. That's fair <laughs> enough. Well, hopefully he doesn't come to the UK. But we are in the international break now, so it is very, very boring. We've got to break down quite a few things. We're going to start off, though, with signings. Lads, the January transfer window is around the corner. And I've got a few targets I want you guys to discuss. Starting off rumours regarding Ruben Neves. Now, he plays in Saudi Arabia and there was rumours he could go on loan to Newcastle United, but it looks like the Premier League's going to block that. So with him being available on a loan transfer, Arsenal, of course, needing a midfielder with party injured. Go to Alex first here. Do you like the profile of Ruben Neves? I like him. Uh, I can feel you sharpening your thumbnails. Um, for for the Ruben Neves <laughs> saga, um, I suspect he's going to be someone who who is probably linked throughout the window. I like him. I think I just want to deal with the the Eddie Howe thing first because they're kind of positioning themselves as victims in this somehow. I feel like it's a classic Newcastle thing at the minute. They're positioning themselves as victims. Like, oh, the Premier League are coming down on it. No, this is this is mental. You can't have Saudi investment allowing clubs to just pass players between between them. You know, basically, it's, you essentially stockpile players. And then just getting as many as you want to, to Newcastle is, is completely unacceptable. So I'm glad they're blocking it. And I'm glad that there's uh, uh, legislation coming in. And secondly, yeah, I like the player. Um, I think, you know, I, I, the move to Saudi um, 
it indicates a certain profile mentally, I think, which, you know, is not necessarily bad, but, you know, he, he, he had offers from the Premier League, uh, but I think it maybe indicates a certain, a certain profile. But on the player himself, I, I like him. I think overall his game's really solid, uh, decent passing range. I think he's pretty physically robust. He reminds me of sort of, not Xhaka necessarily, but sort of that sort of robustness in terms of the, in the tackle and the pass in the, in the carry. He's got sort of a nice all-round game. I like him. I don't I don't know whether he's worth going and spending another... It's sort of similar to Douglas Luiz. I don't know if he's worth spending that sort of 60, 70, 80 million. I think at the minute we're in a position where, yes, we could get in Douglas Luiz, Ruben Neves, insert your favourite sentiment target here. They're very good players, but they're probably at the level that we are now, or maybe just below. I want, if we're going to sign someone to come in and, and, and start for us, I want him to come in and be Declan Rice. I want him to come and raise us and take us to that next, to be the Erling Haaland signing of the strikers. You know, that I don't think there's much point spending that sort of same bracket, maybe that we spent on Havertz, unless we feel, and that's sort of between, let's say, 50 and 80 million, unless we feel that player has like massive upwards potential. I don't think Ruben, Ruben Neves has. I'd rather go and spend 90 million on the guy on a Frankie Dion who you'd think, okay, well that guy can literally change our fortunes. Um, so I like him. I just don't, I don't think he changes much for us. If we do sign him, George, do you think he could play as a number eight? Because he's not really known for having a lot of power and pace. Very good technically and a good passer, a good player at switching the ball and good ball striking. But could he be a Xhaka or is he going to be more of a number six like Jorginho? Um, well, I think in big games, he would operate as a six and then he would switch to become an eight in kind of games that you would maybe associate with the lower half of the table. Um, he's, a, he's a versatile uh, player. I, I agree in the sense that he's not necessarily two-way, um, but he would offer a level of control in terms of his passing ability and range, as well as his long shot ability. Like He's got great ball striking. He'll have a pop and he'll be dangerous from outside the box. Really good free kick ability as well. Um, he, he kind of like what Alex said, he's a good player. Um, I'm not wowed. I don't think that the value it would take to buy him permanently makes sense. Now, if you start talking to me about a dry loan, um, I start perking my ears because to me, a loan has zero commitment financially, right? Uh, unless it's an obligation. And then we're talking really about a permanent purchase. And for then I have a lot stricter, you know, kind of parameters, whether or not I would approve of a Ruben Neves, but from a loan perspective, I don't know if it gets much better, guys. I mean, how many years in the league? Um, he would come in for six months. He has versatility to both positions. It, he's got experience in the league. Um, I definitely think he's got experience in different roles as well. So I, I think that it would be a good security blanket. The one question I would probably have is how many more security blankets can we do in that position without letting somebody go? And I'm more than happy to kind of allow Mohamed Elneny to go. Um, and I've got ideas on players we need to leave, but I just don't know if it's feasible. And so I'm thinking if we've got this supposed money to bring in a big midfield star, then a big midfield star has to go um, because we've got over 600,000 pounds a week invested in the DM position currently. I know we're not that... We're not. It's, <laughs> it's not going to be a loan move. Yeah, and, and I think 200,000 pounds a week is something that we all don't love and Jorginho and Mohamed Elneny right? And that's going to be off our books in six months. But I don't think the club thinks that way. And so, and then you start thinking, well, what wages is he on at Saudi? And then it starts getting even worse in that perspective, even as a loan. So uh, I like the player from a 
loan perspective, but only a loan perspective. I think what I worry about is him receiving on the back foot in the in the sixth position. I don't think he's great in that position. He's um I think he's not maybe the quickest on the half turn either. Um so that's something that, you know, I struggle with in terms of the sixth position. But he is a more um athletic Jorginho. I think that's a good comparison. Ironically, it reminds me quite a bit of Arteta in his playing days in terms of has the odd pop on the long shot, great passing range, um, you know, himself can get himself about. I don't think he's somebody that's, um, you know, slow as molasses, but I don't think he's elite in the first five yards, as we would say. The ground, or the central running power is lacking a little bit. Um, but broadly speaking, he's a versatile player that's played in a multitude of roles. He has played higher up the pitch um, at the beginning of Wolves and even in the Portuguese league. And so I think he's actually got a lot of creativity that he's yet to show. Um, just not a player I love amongst all this waffle. I think that, you know, for me, if I'm going to be making that decision, we kind of talked about value last podcast, um, and I would lean towards that as well. You know, I think the January transfer window is not one where I make pillar signings. It's one where I try to make um, quick fixes, or if I do make a pillar signing, it's something that I've planned for well in advance, i.e. somebody like an Usman Diamande, like a prospect that I see with the team for five to eight years, your Moscardos, your Redondos, I have no problem buying those guys in January, but as far as buying somebody like your Osman, your Frankie de Jong level, I just don't think those ever become available. Um, and then you start battling in the Douglas Louise markets, the you know the, the Kai Havertz markets. Unfortunately, I hate to have him be you know a scapegoat, but you know a person that is in that fifty to sixty-five range that doesn't quite fit to bring you forward, but you're like maybe I could change him to extract value. That's not something I love doing in Jan. Yeah, I think Neves is a signing could be reminding me of how we signed, was it Matt Turner, etc. in in the summer of yeah. January 2021. You know, signings that we don't think are long-term, but if they end up being very good and it work out, I think Arsenal have the facilities to make a deal happen. If Neves entered the Arsenal team and he ends up being a starter straight away and surprises everyone, I'm sure Mikel Arteta would sign him. And he is a player that he's wanted for a long time. Likewise, Douglas Deweese and Martin Zubimendi. So Alex, the question then becomes... I know they're all different price tags. They're all similar age, 26 or 24. If you could sign one of those three players, who would you sign in January? George is saying none. Never Zubimendi and... And uh, Douglas Louise. Douglas Louise. Uh, if, I, if I was choosing between one to three, I'd probably go for Louise. I think he's. I think he'd come in and make the biggest impact in January. Uh, mm. I think he has the most adaptability between the two positions i think he adds a it could add a lot and, and 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 to our squad i think i sort of want to reiterate though what george said in, in the sense that if you're signing in january you don't want to be signing the pillars of your team like it, yeah. it, I, I don't think that's a healthy position to be in unless there's a really good market opportunity you know we saw it with with well Aubameyang or, or virgil or whatever but again you you are paying a premium so i don't you know I, and i'm looking around and i'm saying are there players who change Arsenal's midfield? Like, are there Declan Rice, William Saliba, Bukayo Saka, pillars of the team that we could sign in January on the market for a decent price or, or, the, or maybe at value? I don't think there are. So I think what you're doing is you're signing supplementary players, squad players, which is not a bad thing, by the way. And it, by the way, if the Cronkies are willing to spend 60, 70 million on squad players, be my guest, please. <laughs> Go for it. But I just, um, I would rather look at the next level up. You know, if we were sat here last summer, 
say Arsenal were two years ahead in their project and Jude Bellingham was coming you know, out of that Borussia Dortmund thing, I'd be saying that's the guy. Wait till the summer, go spend £100 million on him rather than £60, £70 million on someone who, yes, is good, but doesn't have that superpower. I was talking about this with Saliba this week. It's like if you were trying to sign Saliba, you say the reason you spend £110 million to get him out of Borussia Dortmund, say he's there, is because he has... I would argue the best one v one over the shoulder capacity in the Premier League as a centre back, mm. and we can we can talk about him later. But that's what you sign him for because you know I, I think he comes in and changes the level that we can play at, and I don't think there's anything on the market. So of the three, Douglas Louise, but I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think you have to always ask the question of is Louise Zubamendi or Neves a title winning signing? Because that's what Arsenal fans want. And, you know, Arteta in, in the past in January has gone for main targets like Madrid. So we'll wait to see if he has got a real main target. If that is Louise or someone else and they, you know, links come out of nowhere. We are still a month away from the window. But actually, fans are kind of in a dilemma where they're thinking, do we need a striker or midfielder? So, George, out of those two areas, if you could address one in January, which one do you think Arsenal should prioritise? You know, the irony is I think that there's actually more value in the striker market right now than there is in the central midfield market. We need both and we need, um, but the problem is, again, I think in the summer, you're going to get a lot better opportunities. You know, you're, you're kind of, that, that, that applies to both positions, but I just think, for example, Benjamin Sesko, uh, brilliant player. Uh, we've talked about him here on the channel. I love him. And I think he would be of value. So if you're telling me, am I spending 50 million pounds on Sesco or 50 million pounds on Douglas Louise, what's better value? Sesco is better value for me. Um, but the problem is I would want to wait for an Osman. I would want to wait for that bigger level of signing, which does become available in the summer. And I know that by getting somebody like a Sesco, you kind of block yourself off in that aspect. Now, um, I think when I start to look at the biggest need of the team, I'd say neither of those is my preference. Um, I think a defender is the most urgent need in the squad right now. And a lot of people will be confused about that, but it's just, you know, with Tom Yasu going to the Asia Cup, of course, Thomas Partey out, but us still not having Timber ready, even though that he's been rumored to come back in February, we're light, um, you know, in the defensive department. And, you know, a big injury I maintain to kind of a William Saliba, um, at this current moment in time is going to be kind of an issue for us. So I'd like another central, you know, defender, a central center back uh, signing. And um, I would save the central midfield and the striker positions to the summer. Those are your marquee cogs, right? Like if we're looking at trying to really move forward as a team, um, there's one area in our team that's really complete in terms of starters, and that's the defense. And so if you're going to be looking at this idea about January being more of a depths signing area and and extracting value right like battling in the 40 million pound markets and below i think you can make less mistakes than the 65 million pound market which also has the added potential consequence of missing out on someone great in the summer and that happens with central midfielder strikers so um but yeah i just to end i do think that striker ironically has the better value right now um the one thing I wanted to end on was looking at central midfield targets generally, guys, even in, you know, I know you talked about Frankie de Jong, Alex, but um, I don't see very many superstar central midfielders that I'm wowed by that are prime age right now. It's, it's odd, but on the market, I can't, I can't give, yeah, I mean, we have one, we have the guy, we bought the guy that everybody wanted. And so I'm looking at the market and I'm like, I don't know. I look at even the striker market, whether or not you, love Ivan Tony or not like that is a genuine option 
You know, Osaman, a genuine option. We talked about Sesco, genuine option. I look at central midfielder and I'm wondering, can you guys give me, I know people talk about Frankie de Jong, but it's unrealistic. Is there somebody like him that people can target? Maybe Joshua Kimmich, who's had some you know issues with Bayern, maybe. But beyond that, I'm not seeing prime wow factor CMs. I just want to, just want to quickly jump in on that. Two, two points and to supplement my third. I think ideologically, we all want we all want the big signing because it's fun. We get the dopamine, you get the Fabrizio Romano. Here we get, you know, that's all fine. It's great, whatever. And that's fine. But I think speaking realistically, if you look at the way, I think David Raya's agent literally confirmed that we that we were having FFP problems. We were struggling or we were the reason the deal is structured in that way is because of FFP. So we're going to have to make a big sale. Is there anyone who's going to we're going to sell that we want to sell for 60 70 80 million pounds this this window I, i'm not sure there is so i think that all precipitates if we are going to sign someone i think it'll be a prospect i'm pretty mm. sure that there might and, and i think also you know in the dm position if you look at the ages of the players that we have i think a prospect might be might be worth looking at yeah i think as fans we'd love a big signing in january and everyone gets excited but we also know We've had so many windows in January to realise it's all about opportunities. So whoever Arsenal linked to right now, someone could become available. Or there might be another injury, and that's where Arsenal might act to the player out of nowhere. Like, let's not forget that Douglas Luiz was a player that Arsenal wanted last January, and it kind of came out of nowhere as well. So we'll see what opportunities arise, which players want to leave. I think there, was, think there an was an injury. There was an injury, maybe to Partey? Yeah, possibly. Maybe yeah. to Partey. But uh, that was a signing that we signed Jorginho. And you look at that. Probably probably so, so I think if we are going to sign players, I think fans need to temper their expectations to so maybe shorter term signings, like a loan transfer. It won't be a Frankie de Jong. It won't be a Victor Osiman, no matter how much we try, because those players just aren't available in January. But um, we do need to talk about player sales, though. And not necessarily a player sale that I want to see happen, but there is a situation developing regarding Aaron Ramsdale, whose father was speaking on a YouTube channel. And I was actually watching an interview right now, actually, and it's a, it's not a bad interview, but you can clearly see that he's trying to protect his son, trying to give him support, trying to say, he, you know, how does he get back into the team? So, George, in terms of that Ramsdale ride situation, do you think Ramsdale's father speaking is the right thing to do? Thanks for checking out the Canon Podcast. To hear the full episode, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.